I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special Cheeky Scientist radio show. I'm Isaiah, your host. Today I'm talking about the five curses of staying in academia after getting your PhD, in case you didn't see what was in the parentheses in the title. So after getting your PhD, look, you need to get your PhD. It's an incredible way to learn how not to only master a field, but to push a field forward. So if you haven't received your PhD yet, stay on track. It is a training position where you need to learn how to do research, how to do analysis, how to deal with uncertainty, how to face failure, how to think creatively, how to innovate. These are all incredibly valuable in industry. What I'm talking about here is staying in academia after your PhD, which most of us do because we don't have a plan. We focus intensely on a publication or reading papers or all these things that we can do that make our PI happy or a professor advisor happy are easy, really easy to do. Because if you're the type that likes to learn, it's easy for you to get stuck in a learning loop. It's easy for you to learn about one subject that you've mastered and have gone beyond to push forward. You're comfortable there. You're, you're an expert or one of the experts. But to have to do that and learn how to get a job or how to, how to apply it into the real world, how to go beyond uh, where you know the ivory tower, get off the mountain peak you're currently on and start at the bottom of another mountain is very, very hard. And most PhDs struggle to do it. That's why there's a pileup of postdocs. That's why there's a, a crisis in academia right now, not just of this pileup of PhDs staying in academia, many working for free right now. Some of you listening to me are working for free. Every webinar that I do now, the number of people working for free grows and grows. How does that happen? Well, you graduate, don't have a job lined up. Oops, I'm going to work for free. Might as well. I have nothing else to do. I can't live with the existential crisis that I got my PhD and am broke and nobody's given me a job. I didn't plan for it. So instead of taking responsibility for that, I'm going to feel good about myself and stay busy working for my PI. I'm going to continue working. I know people that are working on papers even after they've gotten hired in industry because they feel a sense of the, that they owe their PIs. They owe their advisors, even though their advisors will not give them one cent of their salary. Their advisors, their PIs will have them work for free. They'll convince them, hey, it's good for you to work for me for free. In academia, there are servants and there are masters. And your PIs, your advisors, do not be fooled. When they ask you to work for free and they say it's for a noble cause or it's going to help your career or your publication is going to help you in industry, it's not. Okay, it's going to help them in academia. You need to be very clear on this. And this is why I wanted to break down what these curses are. If you're already saying, I can't listen to this, then you are part of the problem because you're justifying to yourself that staying in academia is somehow noble or good. Everybody wants to make you feel like staying in academia after getting your PhD is good. Mostly people who have done it themselves because they want to justify what they've done. And I'm going to talk about this. This is actually one of the curses. Uh, everybody's going to tell you, hey, you're doing noble work. Yeah, of course, if you're doing work for free for them, even for humanity overall, you're going to get applauded. But what are you actually producing? Are you producing anything that's even reproducible? Have you looked at the statistics of the reproducibility crisis in academia? Why is it there? 
because a lot of the, the science, the engineering that's going on is, is absolute garbage. It can't even be reproduced from one lab to another, from one classroom to another. And by garbage, I don't mean that it's not good in terms of a learning or training environment. I mean, it's not good in terms of translation or application or development. This is why 80% plus of development is done, of course, in industry. And most of the translational work is done in industry because they have advanced robotics. They can actually reproduce their work. In academia, this is not the case. And this is the first curse that I want to talk about. Now, why does this come up? This is not academic bashing. It's bashing a PhD being convinced or influenced externally or internally to stay in academia after getting your PhD. There's no value of doing that. Data after data after data, publication after publication now in nature, cell, science, and beyond shows that staying in academia after getting your PhD damages your career. And let's face it, tenure professorships are gone. So what, what brought this up in, in, in large part is I had a PhD share an article with me that happened to get into the mainstream media. Uh, so so pe people that didn't have a PhD were seeing it, right? So what I mean by that is it was not just in a peer-reviewed journal article. Uh, John Carroll University can now cut tenure professorships under financial hardship projections. Now, lots of universities that didn't have certain bylaws, et cetera, have been cutting tenure professorships and certainly since the pandemic, right? So in the, in the U.S. alone, and, and the percentage has been matched in many other countries, 650,000 higher education jobs cut since the pandemic. These tenure positions are not coming back. It's gotten so bad, they're not even taking PhDs into the academic system anymore. That's not good for you if you're there, because it means they're not going to support it. There's no money to support it. So I was, I was talking with this PhD about this and said, look, tenure has been dying for a while. It was uh, one of the front page articles on Forbes, which again, is not a higher education uh, academic uh, media. Uh, medium. It's it's a it's a business journal, and it, it said tenure is dead, and this got my attention. This article, of course, and it should get your attention too. Why? Because there's there's nowhere for you to go in academia anymore. So you if you stay after your PhD, there's no use to your career. You're only advancing somebody else's career. There's no value whatsoever to your career. Okay, so and if you stay, you actually become a worse and worse candidate for industry. That's why this is so important. And that's the biggest curse is that you become a worse job candidate. The longer you stay after getting your PhD, the less likely you are to get hired, the less you will be paid, right? The more you will be pigeonholed into a entry-level position, really an entry-level, like a scientist to a uh, senior scientist. I mean, you'll stay there. You'll never get to advance in the ranks to a uh, principal scientist, or engineer, whatever the jobs are, certainly not management level positions, VP, directors, et cetera, extremely difficult to do. Yeah, there's one or two outliers, but overall, and the data shows this, there's a great, great publication in Nature Biotechnology, which, which spans biotech and tech and the pharmaceutical sectors, showing that, hey, if you, if, you get a, if you do a postdoc, if you stay in academia after getting your PhD, Every day you stay, you damage your career in terms of both salary trajectory and job title trajectory. So what are the five curses? The first one is no reproducibility, okay? No reproducibility in academia. The numbers are staggering. If you haven't read them, you're, I mean, we're looking at, depending on the publication, anywhere from 50% to 90% 
of experiments cannot be reproduced in academia. And this is reported by scientists, engineers, PhDs. Okay. Uh, the, the data is astounding. It's not even close. And this was triggered in a lot of studies and surveys done in 2010. In, in 2016, I, I believe the poll was initiated by Nature. 15,000 scientists reported that 70% of them were not able to reproduce at least one of another scientist's experiments. 50% couldn't reproduce their own experiments that, that were published. That were published. Okay, in 2009, 2% of scientists admitted to falsifying, and we know that's been a problem. 14% admitted to personally knowing someone who did. So it's not just the, the misconduct. We're talking about thinking you did everything right, but because there's no guidelines from lab to lab or from classroom to classroom, department to department, uh, in you know countrywide, let alone worldwide, all you have is a breeding ground for trial, error, and trial without a result that's reproducible. And this is because of human error. I mean, when we are in grade school, we learn about human error, right? And the effects of human error on the scientific method. Uh, but in academia, where you have this uh, environment that's incredibly poor, that relies on really manual labor for the most part of graduate students and postdocs uh, working, you know, people working for free, like I said, you're going to have so much variation. And it's a great learning environment, again, to get your PhD, but that's where its usefulness ends. And that's just the cold, hard truth. Now, if you want to produce something, if you want to develop a treatment, if you want to develop a drug, this is why, again, all translate, I mean, most of translational work and nearly all development work is done in industry because they have the advanced robotics, the teams, the structure. There's not even a strict project management methodology in academia. Wait till you get into industry and you learn about the different types of project management from agile uh, to agile fall to Six Sigma, et cetera. This is crucial because it, systemization and the ability to repeat something the exact same way over and over again is built into industry and only businesses that do that extremely well survive and get big enough to do anything big, okay? As in like a treatment that cures a disease. Uh, and technology the, that you become word of mouth uh, in a home. So no reproducibility. That's the first curse. Uh, the second curse, it destroys your career. When you stay after getting your PhD, you have to understand that every day you stay, it's not like you're just in a, a waiting period. It's not like you're, you're just circling and waiting. And it's not, it's not neutral. It's certainly not good for your career, and it's not neutral whatsoever. You're damaging your career prospects. This is more true now than ever. Things move so quickly. They're so innovative, especially in industry, that if you're waiting in academia, in a postdoc, or working for free, et cetera, instead of getting a job, you will have to explain that. And it goes beyond having a gap on your resume. It goes into the mindset, right? You're, you are continuing to think like an academic. You're continuing to value, analysis, paralysis, getting stuck in a learning loop. I can tell you after working with thousands of PhDs and working with so many individually, that the hardest part about them transitioning into industry is unlearning the academic way of doing things. Now, the academic way can be helpful, right? Obviously being critical of, of data, right? Confirma confirmation bias against your work to at least, you know, maybe get, get uh, do things well enough to have something be reproducible makes sense. But in your job search, you have to have confirmation bias for yourself to get hired. You have to understand how to 
take your CV and put it into an industry resume, which is really like a marketing document, pitching yourself, talking about what you've done. You have to speak a whole different language. The longer you stay in academia after getting your PhD, the harder it is for you to unlearn what you learn and, and to learn how to speak the language of industry. This is why so many PhDs are failing to get hired right now because they cannot get out of that academic mindset. They think what's valuable in academia is valuable in industry. PhDs will argue and argue and argue how important publications must be in industry because they're important in academia, but it's just not the case. In industry, it's innovate or die. It's not publish or perish. They will argue that they should put their education at the top above their work experience. PIs and advisors will tell them to do this and they'll say, well, this person who has told me how to do everything, my overall mentor said, this is the way it must be. My academic career counselor, who's never worked in industry, said to do it too. It must be true. Of course, it's not. This holds you back. There's a great, uh, I mentioned it previously, a great article in Nature Biotechnology showing in industry, in academia, in non the nonprofit sector and beyond that doing a postdoc damages your career every day that you stay in academia after getting your PhD damages your career in terms of salary trajectory and job title trajectory. Number three, academia is divided against itself. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Do you know that, and I can tell you after talking to many of them, uh, academic administrators don't really like PhDs. They certainly don't have your best interest at heart. How can I prove this? Well, why don't you look online at universities, uh, administrators who have worked with the government, lobbied with the government to not allow postdocs to make overtime pay, to prevent an increase in pay for postdocs and graduate students in terms of fellowship stipends and beyond. Why? So that they can pay them less and they can use that cheap labor to stay in business a little bit longer because that's all these administrators care about. They do not care about you. Look at all of the stories of PhDs online who tried to buck the system a little bit saying, hey, this isn't fair. I've been here for six years. I don't have any milestones in front of me. This was my story. I have no milestones in front of me. My PI, my advisor, nobody on my committee will actually tell me what I have to do to graduate. I'm just supposed to stay here and keep working essentially for free, certainly below the poverty line. And then when they buck that system, the administrators clamp down hard. Many of them have been removed. Many of them have tried to uh, have been isolated, abused. If you haven't read about this, you need to, okay? You are the enemy when it comes to most academic administrators. You must understand that you are cheap labor at best. You might think, wow, this is a very, very negative mindset. No, this is just honest when it comes to on paper. They don't know you personally, but they look on paper and they're like, look, cheap labor. That's, you know, they'll might talk about, you know, in the public, oh, we care about mentoring. We care about all this. No, they don't. Or they wouldn't have fought against postdocs and graduate students getting overtime pay. There's no way to argue around that. Number four, poor, poor, and poor. There's no funding in universities. Funding is not even the problem right now. Uh, undergraduate admissions are down 21%, 21%. And depending on the study you look at, it's anywhere from 10% up to 30%, depending on the size of the, the university, the country. That is a you know 20% decrease in revenue 
for higher education. Where do you think they get the revenue for higher education? From the undergrads who are paying these astronomical $40,000 a year fees uh, to go to school. Why are you using reagents and instruments that are years old, decades old? Why are you having to share reagents with other labs just to make things work? Why are you so broke? Why are you having to invent a project out of nothing that you know, this is sadly true for many of you, that, that has no real value in the world, but it's just something that can be done for cheap that follows a scientific method. You should be doing bigger things. Humanity needs you to do bigger things. And it's not going to happen after getting your PhD if you stay in academia. Number five, confirmation by, this is, this is what your mindset becomes if you stay in academia after getting your PhD. Very often, now there are some bright stars. There are some incredible mentors out there. But too often, because of the pileup, because the system is so broken, you will see people go into this, uh, they'll change, right? They, they become uh, more arrogant in a sense, but also more insecure. And this is a cocktail of confirmation bias, as in confirmation bias that, hey, if I stayed in academia, it's the best. So I need to convince everybody else of that. Hey, I can't actually say that staying in academia after getting my PhD was bad for my career, that I could have done better things outside of it. So I need to convince you and every PhD student in training that the best PhDs stay in academia, which is laughable now. Ego is part of the cocktail. Self-justification, closely linked to confirmation bias. They have to self-justify for themselves. They could not possibly entertain the idea that things are different than they were in the 1970s, that staying in academia is a horrible decision after getting your PhD in terms of your career. They have to have that ego, that, that arrogance, very often to compensate for a lack of money and a lack of actual success or contribution to humanity. Because knowledge by itself, if not utilized, if related to something irrelevant that can't help people, it's not going to have an impact on humanity. And number six, learned helplessness. There's a lot of studies about learned helplessness. I recommend you read some of these studies. Uh, some of them are fairly brutal, right? So you can find some of the more current ones that are less brutal, usually involving uh, some sort of experiment where uh, something or someone learns that they cannot have a positive effect on an outcome. And over time, that, that teaches them to stop trying. That teaches them that they will always fail. So even if later on, and this is usually shown in the experiment, even if later on, whatever that obstacle is that's preventing them from being successful is removed, they still won't try. They've learned to be helpless. And this is where many of you sadly are right now in academia. If you're listening to this and you've learned to be helpless, you think there's nothing you can do to better your situation, you can, but you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to show you the way, okay? You have to take the first step by saying, okay, there is a possibility out there for me outside of academia. Okay, academia is broken, right? Admit that, realize there is a path, but it's not an academia, and then make a decision to pursue that path. Make a decision, decision to value something different than what academia has taught you to value. And then most importantly, don't just think about it, act execute. PhDs are incredible thinkers. You can live in your mind, you can play out different scenarios, but until it's tested in the real world, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a plan 
right? Everybody has a plan. But when that plan meets the real world, problems arise. The plan has to change. You need to start executing, have a bias for execution, especially when it comes to your job search, because you're not going to find a way out of these curses without taking action, without executing. Thank you for listening. I want to motivate you to do something for your career. Realize that there's no value in staying in academia. That's why I called it a a curse because the longer you stay, the harder things get, the more difficult it is, and there's less and less value that you will gain. Get your PhD transition out. No matter where you are, maybe you've been in academia for five years after getting your PhD. It's not too late. just means don't wait another day. Be inspired by the possibilities that await you. Look forward, not backward. The time to transition out of academia is now. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about the Cheeky Scientist Association, that's the program that we have built and has been around for over seven years now. We just celebrated the seventh birthday of the Cheeky Scientist Association, our flagship program that will get you hired in industry. You can learn more about it by going to phdsgethired.com. That'll take you to the informational page where you can learn about it. You can go to cheekyscientist.com. We have a, a tab at the top that's called success stories. Listen to these success stories. Watch them so you know what's possible. It's possible for you too. There are big things ahead for you, but you have to take the first step. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. I'm Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser Scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it. Then enter the coupon code Cheeky Radio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's Cheeky Radio, C H E E K Y R A D I O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs, and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network of over 10,000 plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. 
That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CHEEKYRADIO to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees. Nobody else offers this. PhDsGetHired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD, and remember that knowledge is power, and your network is your net worth. Uh-huh.